Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Believe in Cal Football is brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one sports podcast network in Northern California, and is available on all major platforms, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, you name it. Believe in Cal Football is also brought to you by OS Day Bar, Cafe, and Rooftop, located downtown Oakland, and the QL Gaming Group. Check out their betting boards at betql.co. As always, I'm your host, GPS, and you're with me live on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network in Northern California, bringing you all your local and national team needs. And boy, is it good to be back. Man, has it been a wild up and down season for the California Golden Bears, and we're here to discuss about it, as it is the season of reflection, as we are now on the Monday before Christmas, I think it'll be an Wonderful, excellent, amazing time to look a, take a glance back at the season and see where we are now. But before we delve into that Bears content, folks, I've told you once, I've told you twice, I'm on the third time, fourth time, fifth time telling you, if you're going to make these bets and you're going to be playing the spreads, the money lines, the props, you need to head over to betonline.ag. They have everything there, always to play in even a 24-7 casino. So, please, take my advice, do the right thing, help yourself out, and head online right now to betonline.ag and take advantage of all their sign-up bonuses. Because after all, money lost is, well, money lost. And, you know, I do digress, and I need to not explain any further on that. So, our California Golden Bears, I don't think anyone could have quite predicted the season we were going to have. And honestly, I don't think we'll ever have a season like that on record, as we've never had one prior. But it was really something, so... Let's go all the way back. Let's go back to the months of August and September where it looked like the Pac-12 may not have a season at all. And if we were going to have a season, it was pretty certain it was going to be pushed back till spring. However, with pressure from the NCAA and the Big 12 and their restart, it seemed the Pac-12 couldn't be the only Power 5 conference not playing football this fall. So what did we do? We powered through it. Was it the best way? Doubtful. Very, very doubtful. So a little reflection of this past schedule, which only ended up being about five weeks of calendar time, maybe six weeks of calendar time. As we remember, just stated, the season was canceled, postponed, and then reinstated for early November. Originally, we were set to host Washington in the opener, and as we know, that didn't end up happening. It ended up getting canceled due to positive COVID tests and contact tracing within our defensive line unit. And ultimately, we didn't have enough scholarship players to suit up. So the opener against Washington was canceled. Week two comes around, and we think we're going to be traveling to Tempe to Tempe, sorry, to play the Arizona State Sun Devils. That as well canceled, this time on Arizona State's end. So what, this is one of the most baffling things I've ever seen, and again, we probably may not see it again in sports history. So we couldn't play Arizona State. 
So what Cal does is we scramble and we change our travel plans and we change our hotel plans. And instead of heading to Tempe, we're now heading to Pasadena where, of course, the UCLA Bruins were waiting for us. And in my opinion, that was the only game that we got completely beat on all phases of the game. Ended up taking a 34 to 10 loss. Let's move on. Week three came around and we traveled up north to Oregon State. Again, we took another loss, 31 to 27. But as you remember, we were on the goal line in the final moments of the fourth quarter, looking to score, looking to get in the end zone. And unfortunately, Garbers did have the interception there in the closing moments. And as we move on, week four, we hosted Stanford in the big game. And of course, as everyone's seen now, we did take the L, losing 24 to 23 on the block point after touchdown to essentially lose the game. So that's really back-to-back weeks, Oregon State and Stanford, that Cal very easily could have came away with the victory, but didn't, unfortunately, and that's just the way the football bounces because football, well, they're shaped a little irregularly, and sometimes you have to expect the unexpected bounce. However, moving on from there after we lost to Stanford, at week five, definitely our highlight week of the year, we were hosting the Oregon Ducks. And historically, the Ducks sometimes have a little bit of trouble coming to California Memorial Stadium. And such was the case this year as Cal outlasted Oregon, winning 21-17. to And of course, it was big defensive turnovers late there from Kuwani Dang and as well Cameron Good put the team on their back there. Very impressive victory. And of course, it even looks a little bit better that Oregon ended up winning the conference. But yeah, we gotta love every time we drown the Ducks. Of course, not literally, only figuratively. We're speaking on the ones from Eugene. After the victory against Oregon, the Bears were building a little momentum and came into the Wazoo game very hyped. Cal was slated to travel to Wazoo. It was supposed to be a very frigid game with maybe snow falling. And we did travel all the way up to Pullman until that game was canceled. Just hours before kickoff and... That one really stung to the core because warm-ups had already initiated and it was really feeling like we were going to have a full game of football and I think that was sort of the last thing on everyone's mind since Cal had started to build momentum and play in consecutive weeks, which was something you have to be thankful looking back now. But ultimately, the game at Wazoo was canceled while we were already in the state of Washington. It's really beyond anyone's control at that point, more covid positive tests, and contact contact tracing. So after that game, the Pac-12 scrambled to make all their Week 7 matchups, and they slated Cal to play Oregon. Actually, Cal, or sorry, Cal to host the Arizona Wildcats, who by all means are probably the very bottom team in the Pac-12 conference. I did catch a few weeks ago when they were on the very wrong end of a beating against Arizona State, losing 70-7. to So that was supposed to be our Week 7 matchup. We were supposed to host the Arizona Wildcats, but very soon after the game was scheduled, the game was canceled because it was already reported that both schools would not have enough enough players, would not have enough scholarship players to suit up. And just like that, that was the 2020 season. Again, I don't think we'll ever see anything quite like it. I know we've never seen anything quite like it before. And when you put it all in perspective, although Cal only ended up one and three with a couple cancellations. Very easily, this squad could have been three and one. And, you know, people always want to look at the greener grass on the other side. And I'm an optimist, and I do that as well. But, again, it's just a couple a couple very standard plays, and we're looking at our season turned around. However, in a season such as this, what really could you ask for if you weren't just having your sights set on the Rose Bowl? 
And the Rose Bowl won't even be in its true fashion this year, as for the first time, the Rose Bowl has been moved to Texas to play at AT&T Stadium in Dallas, Texas. How wild is that? The Rose Bowl not being played in Pasadena. That's like saying fire's not hot or water's not wet, which is amazingly one of the raging debates going on here still in 2020. However, not here to get into that. Of course, the Pac-12 Conference Championship did come to a close a couple days ago. USC, who was favored, was hosting Oregon, winner of the Pac-12 North against the Pac-12 South. And honestly, I was not surprised at the results to see Oregon come away with the victory at the LA Coliseum. SC largely was probably the most respected and the most touted Pac-12 team coming into the season, and that's really no surprise that that's is usually the case every year just because SC has such a history behind it and such a following that they're always going to have that momentum going forward. But in the games I did see SC play this year, sometimes I felt a little bit underwhelmed. I know I watched their season opener that kicked off at 9 a.m. West Coast here at the LA Coliseum. And when they beat Arizona State, largely Arizona State controlled most of that game. It just was a few plays in the fourth quarter that went SC's way or that SC executed very well and they wound away stealing that game of course they also played UCLA at the Rose Bowl earlier in the year and that was a game that it looked like the Bruins controlled from whistle to whistle but SC makes the plays when it matters most of course up until they lost to Oregon in the Pac-12 championship the rest is history USC has elected to opt out of bowl season due to health and other reasons however Oregon will continue with bowl season they will play Iowa actually sorry they will play Iowa State in the Fiesta Bowl on January 2nd it'll be at 12 noon kickoff on ESPN want to at least respectfully extend a good luck wishing hand to the Oregon Ducks as they take on the Iowa State Cyclones of course at the end with any year any successful program is going to graduate players and being the University of California at Berkeley, being one of the most prestigious universities, probably the most prestigious public university in the world, we always want to wish our graduating players well. They now are embarking on the next chapter of their life and as degree holders, again, from the University of California at Berkeley. So, as we go down the line here, let's mention some of our graduating seniors. Cam Bynum, Jake Curhan, Marcel Dancy, Kuwani Dang, Josh Drayden, Cameron Good, Elijah Hicks, Zende Johnson, Mike Safel, and Gentle Williams. Gentlemen, we wish you the best on your endeavors going forward, whether it be playing in the NFL on Sundays or dominating some other professional sector. Roll on, you bears! Folks, we really cannot complete this finale without at least giving our last shout-out to our hashtag ProBears, the gentleman who balled out in the NFL on Week 15. Let's run through it. We'll start with the defensive side of the ball this time with, of course, one of our favorites, New Orleans defensive end Cam Jordan. Against a very slight loss to the Chiefs, they ended up losing by three. Cam Jordan, for his squad, puts up three tackles and one for a loss in what ended up being a very close game with the Chiefs, like I said, and could potentially be... A Super Bowl preview. Moving on, and we'll have him playing tonight, actually, on Monday Night Football. Pittsburgh defensive end Tyson Alu-Alu on Monday Night Football, like I said, against the Cincinnati Bengals. We wish him the best and hope he continues on his wonderful season that has actually seen him cause quite a bit of fumbles. 
On the injury side, New York Jets safety Ashton Davis is still out and is now on the IR, will likely sit out the remainder of the season, as he was absent for that very crazy and very wild win the Jets put up on the Los Angeles Rams there in Inglewood. And looking at that game before, to me, it looked a little bit like a trap game. I saw the spread opened with the the Rams giving up 17 points. And at first, I just wanted to, to hop on the bet against the spread. But yeah, just something about it. You can you can kind of feel those circling energies, or at least you know some of us claim we can. Maybe we're all making it up. Who knows? But something about it. You just the Jets were coming in, no wins on the season. It just was kind of fitting for a matchup like this. And the Rams, although they are a talented team, the national network has been giving them a lot of coverage lately, a lot of a lot of hype. I think they're rolling along with. The media really would like to see a Los Angeles championship trifecta with the Lakers winning and then the Dodgers following after that. I think they're really trying to beat this Ram to death, and no pun intended there, but I don't think the Rams are as good as everyone say they are. Who knows? They could get hot here at the end. McVay still a very innovative mind in the NFL. Who's to say? Moving on from Ashton Davis, Ron Rivera's Washington football team does lose 20-15 to against Seattle but somehow stays atop the NFC East. The Giants lost yesterday. I believe the Eagles lost again. Cowboys did beat the 49ers, but the Washington football team does have the tiebreaker over the Cowboys, having beaten them twice already this year. I think it's a pretty good chance Washington and Rivera end up in the postseason. We'll see going forward. We wish him the best. On the offensive side of the ball, Green Bay quarterback Aaron Rodgers has a slightly more underwhelming performance in comparison to some of his other days. Against the Carolina Panthers on Saturday, actually, he was 20 of 29 passing for 143 yards, and he threw for one touchdown and, again, got his squad the win. However, in his postgame interview, he did express a little bit of frustration with the offensive lackluster performance in the second half, but I think that's just Rodgers having his standards set so high, and ideally you should because the Packers are a top team in the NFL, and their sights should be set on nothing other than the Super Bowl. So, We'll monitor him going forward and, of course, wish our guy Rodgers the best as he may even walk away with the MVP this year. As we just previously talked about, Los Angeles Rams quarterback Jared Goff, they do take the loss to the Jets, which is um, something you can really never be comfortable with. On the day, Goff was 22 of 34 passing for 209 yards for two touchdowns and one interception in the loss, and I know McVay and everyone there, they're, they're going to get those guys to rally. I'm sure they will turn it around before the postseason starts. And we wish Goff the best. Moving on there, Detroit wide receiver Marvin Jones Jr. continues his very individually impressive year. Yesterday against the Titans, he caught 10 balls for 112 yards and a touchdown. They did end up losing, but Jones, again, just a guy that balls week in and week out and plays the game the right way, especially from the wide wide receiver position he's got great hands a great route runner and really an incredible blocker especially for you don't want to say a smaller receiver but he's not a receiver the size of DK Metcalf by any means but yeah Marvin Jones absolute machine tough guy and from there we have Los Angeles Chargers wide receiver Keenan Allen who by his standards certainly has an off game Keenan had dominated much of this year despite the Chargers low record Against the Las Vegas Raiders, they did get the win, but Keenan Allen only caught one ball for 17 yards on three targets. Definitely an off day for him, but it seems Keenan Allen's got a good thing going with with, uh, Herbert, and I think the Chargers in these next coming years are really going to be a force to be reckoned with. I don't think they're going anywhere. Unfortunately, their year this year 
got off on the wrong foot with a lot of injuries. But, yeah, we'll definitely have our eye on the Chargers next year and watch that Herbert Allen connection. For the second straight week making the show, Houston wide receiver Chad Hansen for the second wait, for the second straight week snags a touchdown. He had two catches for 55 yards with one of those being a score, and that's his second as in as, in, as many weeks. But it was in a loss to Indianapolis. Also in that game, Hansen's teammate, Houston punter Brian Anger, he had two punts for 95 yards, both were inside the 20, and a long of 57 yards. I've said this kind of all season long, I'm pretty sure Houston punter Brian Anger is going to be the AFC Pro Bowl selection. All that guy does is just get punts to sit right there, mostly even inside the 10, but very, very impressive guy, really great all-around athlete. Yeah, Brian Anger certainly did his thing there, as all our California Golden Bears do week in and week out. Folks, I wanted to keep this episode short and sweet, just like the Golden Bears season was. We here at the Believe Podcast Network, we wish you the very, the very, very happiest of holidays. And of course, a Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year. Folks, we're going to take a few months off from Believe in Cal football. We will be back with you with top recruiting news here midway through the offseason. And until then, roll on, you bears. And give me a follow at GPS on the mic on either Twitter or Instagram. Believe in Cal football is brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one sports podcast network in Northern California, and is available on all major platforms, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, you name it. Believe in Cal football is also brought to you by Oeste Bar, Cafe, and Rooftop, located downtown Oakland, and the QL Gaming Group. Check out their betting boards at betql.co. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.